We're going to read from Isaiah chapter 41, starting at verse 17. Isaiah chapter 41, starting at verse 17. And um, it's a very powerful uh, passage of scripture that has uh, increased my faith many times and the potential that lies in these four verses is life-changing it's church-changing it's city-changing and that's what I hope to communicate today and in verse 17 it says when the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth for thirst. Has anyone ever been thirsty for water? Just so thirsty and you couldn't get it. You couldn't, you, you're, you're working and you can't go get water. Or you're, you're out hiking and you forgot to take water, which is a terrible idea. But you, you're so thirsty, but you can't get access to it when you want it. There's not, there's not much worse of a feeling than being thirsty and not able to quench that thirst and verse 17 says when the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth for thirst I the Lord will hear them I the God of Israel will not forsake them I will open rivers and high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the shittah tree and the myrtle and the oil tree. And I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine, the box tree together that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this. And the Holy One of Israel hath created it. I want to talk today from this passage. And I want to talk to us and um, uh, speak on this uh, subject, revival in the wilderness. Revival in the wilderness. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to speak to us through his word. And let's receive the word with gladness today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence that's here. And I thank you for your people that are here. And now, God, I pray that your word as it goes forth would accomplish what you desire. Anoint my mouth to speak only what you want me to say. Anoint our ears to hear and receive this word. I bind everything that would seek to hinder the word from accomplishing your will. And I lose faith and revelation and joy into this room right now. That we would hear and receive the word and believe it with gladness, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Could we clap our hands to the Lord and shout unto God with a voice of triumph for a moment? Amen. And you can be seated. As we just read, in Isaiah 41, there is a just very powerful uh, declaration uh, of Scripture and of what the Lord will do. And 
he begins by speaking about poor, the poor. And Jesus begins his Sermon on the Mount with a eye-opening, revelatory declaration. He opens his Sermon on the Mount with what we call the Beatitudes, but his first line, his first statement says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That statement right there separated the kingdom of heaven from the kingdom of Rome that was ruling the world in Jesus' day. That statement right there separated the kingdom of heaven from every kingdom of this world that has ruled or that is ruling or perhaps will rule before the day of Jesus Christ. But hearing this and understanding history, human history, and reading the Bible and getting the privilege of reading the end of the story before the end of the story takes place, I'm thankful that I am in the kingdom of God today. Because the end of the story says the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. What that means today is that what this world has experienced and what the people of God have been through for the past two millennia and what we endure today and what God's people will endure before the return of Jesus, all of that is temporary because there is coming a day where there will be a new heaven and a new earth and the people of God will rule and reign with King Jesus in that new earth. Are there any people in this 21st century that still believe Jesus is coming and when he comes, old things will pass away and there will be no more tears. He will wipe away all tears. There will be no more death because death will be swallowed up in victory. There will be no more pain because it will have passed away because the God that we serve, he is going to return and every sinful lifestyle and every sin and death and sorrow and heartache and pain is going to pass away. We're a part of that sort of kingdom. Jesus makes a qualifier at the very beginning of his sermon where he says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, blessed, poor in spirit, lowly, lowly. Has ever, anyone ever felt lowly in your spirit? Crushed. Has anyone ever felt crushed in your spirit? Another definition for poor in the context of our text and of Matthew 4 and 5 and 6 is afflicted. Blessed are the afflicted. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are needy. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Meaning this, 
that the kingdom of heaven is exactly what you need when you find yourself in need. The kingdom of heaven is exactly what you need when you find yourself crushed in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is all that you need when you find yourself searching for peace and joy and hope and life and love. The kingdom of heaven is what you need. And so if you're afflicted today, there's a blessing available to you. And it's found in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus confirms the prophet Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah when he is reading from uh, the prophet Isaiah and he opens the scroll and Luke 4 records that Jesus finds the place where it is written in the book of Isaiah and he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To the poor. The anointing, the anointed one, the Christ, Jesus, was sent into the world for this reason, to preach the gospel to the poor, to the afflicted, to the spiritually destitute, to those lowly in heart, to those who have no hope. Jesus came because he is our hope. And he came to proclaim good news. What is it? There's good news for you today. You who are lowly in spirit, you who are afflicted in your mind, you who are crushed in your heart, you who have been uh, destroyed by the wages of sin and the effects of this world, you who find yourself beat down and heavy and wore out, there's good news for you today. It is the gospel of the kingdom. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ and he came to proclaim it, but he did not just simply come to preach. He was also sent to heal the brokenhearted. And it was prophesied of Jesus thousands of years ago. And Jesus said, this day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears 2,000 years ago. But I want to remind the people in this room today that Jesus is sent here today to heal your broken heart. He is still anointed to heal your broken heart. He still has the power to give you the oil of joy for your mourning. He still has the power for you to be able to exchange the spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise. And you came in here weary and wore out and buried by the chaos and confusion of this world but I'm telling you what I know in Jesus today that if you'll let Jesus have his way in your life today you can walk out of here with a praise on your lips joy in your heart and peace in your mind let's give him praise right now He came to preach deliverance to the captives, 
Meaning if you are captive today in sin, if you feel like things that you thought you have walked out of and walked away from are creeping back into your life, it is possible today for you to lay yourself down at the feet of Jesus and he deliver you once and for all of habits and habits and addictions and lifestyles that you once partook in but you thought you walked away from. But if you'll give yourself to Jesus once and for all, it is possible for you to be delivered in your mind and in your spirit where you walk away from that sin and say, I'm never picking you up again. I'm never entertaining that thought again I'm never going to give into that lifestyle again why because Jesus has been sent here in this place to deliver you those chains can be broken today the recovering of sight to the blind to open your eyes to see something you've never seen before to open your eyes to see what the Lord is seeking to do in your life. Jesus can open your eyes today and to set at liberty them that are bruised, beaten up by life, beaten up by seasons of suffering, beaten up by hardness in this world. And the Lord is anointed to set you at liberty that your legs that have been broken by the cares of this life, the Lord will heal them today and you can walk in faith again, strengthened in your ankles and in your feet where your weak knees are made strong by the power of God. I'm telling you today that the only one that can do that for you is Jesus. Nobody else can do that for you. It is Jesus and him alone. And we find that the Lord did this many times in the Gospels. And he has done it in our life. That many of us, if we were to testify, we could and would testify about times where the Lord has brought us through things back then. And I want to remind you today that if he did it then... He can do it again, and better yet, he will do it again. You're going to come out of what you're going through. You're going to overcome what you are enduring right now. The Lord is going to see you through it, and you will be stronger on the other side. That is a promise from God that we can rest in. That is a word from God that we can stand upon but yet we find that Jesus told the woman at the well that as he asked her for a drink and she argued with him about why she shouldn't give him a drink and he said well if you knew who was asking you for a drink you would ask him for a drink because the water that I give, you will never thirst again. Jesus says in John 7, stands up on that great day, the last day of the feast, and he cries out with a loud voice and he says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
And we know that the Bible says that Jesus was referring to the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given, but those that believe on him should receive. We know that the living water is the Spirit of God. It is the promise of the Father. It is the outpouring of the Spirit of God that is poured out upon the dry and thirsty soul. It is the Spirit of of the Lord that will quench spiritual thirsts and will meet spiritual longings and will heal spiritual wounds and hurts and pains and will deliver us of sorrow. We will experience sorrow. The scripture says that we will endure hard things and Paul tells Timothy to endure hardness like a good soldier. I want, to underst- I want us to understand something today. That the people of God are not exempt from suffering and we are not exempt from hardness. We are soldiers in the Lord's army. We are fighting a spiritual fight. And the battle is not over. And even though we know that the war will be won, And it will be won by Jesus Christ. The battle and the war is not over yet. And so we are on the winning side, but we still have to fight. And as we fight, we will endure things, hardness. And we are to endure that like a good soldier, understanding that what I am going through is a part of the battle. It's a part of this journey that I am on. We, as the people of God, are embarking on advancing the kingdom of God in this city. And by default, we are also advancing the kingdom of God in new cities. And don't think for a second the enemy hasn't taken notice. And don't think for a second that the enemy is not furious by what we are doing but I want the enemy to hear us today we will not bow we will not back down we will not quit we will not walk away we will not backslide we will not compromise we will move forward in Jesus name enduring hardness like a good soldier knowing that my God is going to work all of this out for my good And so what we must understand and know, though, Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. If you're thirsty, come to me. That's what Jesus is saying. And in Revelation 22, Jesus echoes this statement again. So it can be heralded for all of time. Before the last few words of scripture are written Jesus says one more time whosoever will let him drink from the waters of life freely the reality of it is is that there's not a lack of water And there is not a water shortage in the spirit. 
We live in a state, they're always saying there's a water shortage. I'm sure there probably is. I can't verify. I don't know because every time I turn the faucet on, water comes out. I mean, as long as I pay the water bill, but uh, water comes out. Droughts. Uh, decades of droughts and water shortages and everyone's always working to conserve water. I want to tell you today, we may live in that environment in the natural, but we don't have to live in that environment in the spiritual. And I want to tell you, there may be a water shortage in California, but there is not a water shortage in Jesus. He is the living water. He is the well of living water. And you can drink all day, every day, and you're never going to exhaust the supply of living water. You and I need to understand today that every single time you feel thirsty, that's a sign to run to Jesus and drink. Every single time you feel like the heat of the battle is causing you to become thirsty in your spirit, that's your cue to run to Jesus and drink. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. If any man thirst let him come unto me and drink it doesn't matter your background it doesn't matter how long or short you've been in the church it doesn't matter how good or bad you've been it doesn't matter how pleasant your life has been or how terrible your life has been the only prerequisite for you coming to Jesus and drinking is you need to be thirsty and the reality of it is today we all are spiritually thirsty. Every single person in this room today, the only solution to your need is Jesus. If you're struggling with sin, you need to repent and go to the waters of life and drink. If you are in the middle of a season of heartache and suffering and loss, you need to run to Jesus and drink. If you have been through things in a season of battle, in a season of dryness, and one thing after the other coming at you and you feel like you can't catch a break, you need to run to Jesus and drink. In his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. What we have to remember in this day and age and what we have to remember in what we're facing as the people of God every single day is he is the well that won't run dry and we must stay at the well. But the reality of it is is that if you've, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, a well has been put in you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And what we have to remember today is that we need to seek water. We have to seek water. It says, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none, their tongue faileth for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness trees 
And verse 20 says, they may see and know and consider and understand together. The Lord has done this. The Lord has done this. But it all starts with people seeking water. I want us to understand this today. The poor and the needy, the afflicted and those who are in want. To be in want means you're lacking. I'm lacking something. I need something. I'm afflicted. I'm crushed. And the Bible says that when these seek water and there is none. What a tragedy to be seeking something. Seeking the only thing that can quench your thirst and not be able to find it. I'm in the middle of a wilderness and I'm calling to the Lord and it feels like he doesn't hear me. And I'm calling out to God for relief and it feels like I don't find any. And I'm in the middle of a season where it's one thing after the other. And every time it feels like I'm able to take a deep breath and keep moving forward, I get another call or I get some other news or something else happens. And you're looking for something to quench the thirst of the last encounter. And here comes another. And you're looking for that one thing that can satisfy your need and you can't find it. That's a tragedy. But the Bible says that I, the Lord, will hear them. But the beginning of this verse says, when the poor and needy seek water. But later it says, I, the Lord, will hear them. How do you seek for water? you got to cry out to the Lord. You've got to cry out in the middle of your affliction. You've got to open your mouth in the middle of your misery and cry out to the Lord. And the Bible says, I, the Lord, will hear them. But not only will God hear you, the Bible says, I, the Lord, will not forsake you. I want to remind you today, and we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks, in the middle of your storm and in the middle of your wilderness, the Lord has been there the whole time. You may not see him and you may not feel him, but the Bible says that if you will seek him, he will hear you and he will not forsake you. And it also says that he will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys and I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water what does that mean where there was no water when the poor and needy pray God will cause water to spring up in a place where there should not be water 
I want to remind you today of the power of prayer. I want to remind you today of the power of your prayer. That you open your mouth in the middle of your affliction and you say, I'm in a wilderness. But the word of God says that if I will seek the Lord, he will cause this wilderness to become a spring of water. I'm in the middle of a low place. But the word of God says that as I seek him, he will cause this low place to be filled with water. I want to remind you today that the Lord may not bring you out of the wilderness but if you will fall to your knees and pray and you will continue to cry out to God in the middle of what you're going through God is going to supernaturally cause there to be a well of living water that springs up and there will be refreshing in your desert and there will be a thirst quenching touch of God This is what the word of God says. But it all is contingent on the poor and needy seeking water. You can be poor and needy but not seek. But if you realize I'm poor and needy and the only one that's going to get me through this, the only one that's going to meet this need, the only one that can change my situation or keep me in that situation until he changes me, God hasn't brought me out of this. That must mean he's trying to do something in me. So I'm going to seek the Lord that he will send me water to get me through this so that when I come out, I shall be his pure gold. This isn't about getting out of something. This is about getting the thing in your life that can quench your thirst, and that is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. There's a river that springs up in your wilderness that when we get thirsty enough, we cry out to the Lord. Not, not, not for a day. No, I cry out to the Lord. You, you've got to change me. You've got to change this. I... Um, at an interesting prayer meeting on, on Wednesday, I was praying in here and praying about a couple things, and I, I was at my wit's end. I mean, I didn't have an answer. Anyone ever been there? Yeah, I don't have an answer. I, I, I don't have an answer. And I came in, and I was praying. I'm like, God, you, you, you've got to do something. We talk about it. I mean, I'm having a real conversation with him. And at some point, it was one of the most interesting prayer meetings I've ever had because at some point in the prayer meeting, I stopped caring. I just stopped caring. I came in with, you know, all these emotions, which we know that emotions are like the waves of the sea. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're little. They're always crashing against something, good and bad emotions. But I came in, I'm like, I, I need you to to. to to do something, God. I've been praying about this situation longer than I care to pray about this situation. And nothing's changing. And at some point, as I'm making my petitions known to the Lord, whatever it was, I, I just realized in the middle of my prayer that 
I don't care anymore. I just don't care. And then I chuckled. I'm like, I don't care. I don't, I, I don't care. And I was so taken back by the fact I didn't care anymore. I didn't get an answer. My prayer wasn't answered. The situation wasn't dealt with, but I didn't care anymore. And then I stopped and I'm like, I don't feel stressed anymore. And I was like, God, why in the world do I feel your peace? I hadn't prayed in the Holy Ghost. I just complained in English for like 25 minutes. That's, that's not how it's supposed to be done, right? I mean, I just, I don't care anymore. And I was like, well, and all I felt was the peace of God, and I felt the burden lifted, and I didn't care. And I said, I don't care anymore, at least 50 times, completely perplexed. And I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do. So I went into the office and kind of studied for Wednesday night, completely baffled by the fact I didn't care anymore. What the Lord wants you to do today is to take him at his word that says, I don't care anymore. I'm going to cast my cares on you. I'm your child. You have not forsaken me. I'm going to let you deal with these things because I've been trying to deal with them on my own and I haven't accomplished one thing. So now I'm going to give Jesus a try. And if you can get to that place where you don't care anymore, that's when the Lord says, let me carry that for you. The good news is, Wednesday afternoon, I'm praying that. Friday morning, I got the answer. And I, I shouldn't have got that answer on Friday. What I'm saying is, sometimes the Lord allows us to go through things to get us to the point where we learn to cast our cares on him and we don't carry the burdens of things that we can't do anything about. Emotions, situations, things in life, we face that, that's natural. But part of maturing in Christ is learning to cast our cares upon him because he does care for you and he is well able to do the carrying for you. But we are to endure hardness like a good soldier because Jesus said we're to take up our cross and follow him. And so today, why don't we stand in this house? How many could use some revival in the wilderness today? Revival in my wilderness. Well, if you realize you're poor and needy and you need Jesus, that's step one. But step two is you just got to seek water. But he said, if you're thirsty, come unto me and drink. I'm here today to tell you the water is here. And you're here. Now all you got to do is cry out to him. 
And the Lord is going to cause there to be rivers of living water that spring up in the middle of your wilderness. And in a situation where there shouldn't be peace, there's going to be peace. And in a situation where there shouldn't be joy, there's going to be joy. And in a situation where heaviness should be allowed to stay, it's going to be lifted. Because the Lord is going to send water right where you are. Do you believe the word today?